Today, we have the incredible true story of a Marine named Michael. Stay tuned. This program is dedicated to help you achieve peace of mind and soul in these troubling times, in these last days before that glorious day when Jesus Christ returns. Now, here is your moderator, Gary Wolshide. We go to the Book of Life and Love, the Bible. We turn to the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 through 23, quote, Now the origin of Christ was in this wise. When Mary his mother had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. But Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wishing to expose her to reproach, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Do not be afraid, Joseph, son of David, to take to thee Mary thy wife, for that which is begotten in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this came to pass that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is interpreted, God with us. Unquote. And now we have the incredible true story about a young Marine named Michael. He was hospitalized after being wounded on a Korean battlefield in 1950. He writes a letter home to his mother. Here is Michael's letter. Dear Mom, I wouldn't dare write this letter to anyone but you, because no one else would believe it. Maybe even you'll find it hard. But I've got to tell somebody. First off, I'm in a hospital. Now don't worry, you hear me? Don't worry. I was wounded, but I'm okay, you understand? Okay. The doctor says I'll be up and around in a month. But that isn't what I want to tell you. Remember when I joined the Marines last year? Remember when I left how you told me to say a prayer to St. Michael every day? You really didn't have to tell me that. Ever since I can remember, you always told me to pray to St. Michael the Archangel. You even named me after him. Well, I always have. When I got to Korea, I prayed even harder. Remember the prayer you taught me? Michael, Michael of the morning, fresh cord of heaven adorning. You know the rest of it. Well, I said it every day, sometimes when I was marching or sometimes resting, but always before I went to sleep. I even got some of the other fellas to say it. Well, one day I was with an advanced detail way up forward of the front lines. We were scouting for the commies. 
I was plodding along in the bitter cold. My breath was like cigar smoke. I thought I knew every guy in a patrol when alongside of me comes another Marine I'd never met before. He was bigger than any Marine I'd ever seen. He must have been six foot four and built in proportion. It gave me a feeling of security to have such a buddy near. Anyway, there we were, trudging along. The rest of the patrol spread out. Just to start a conversation, I said, Cold, ain't it? And then I laughed. Here I was with a good chance of getting killed any minute. And I'm talking about the weather. My companion seemed to understand. I heard him laugh softly. I looked at him. I've never seen you before. I thought I knew every man in the outfit. I just joined at the last minute, he replied. The name is Michael. Is that so, I said, surprised. That's my name, too. I know, he said, and then went on, Michael, Michael of the morning. I was too amazed to say anything for a minute. How did he know my name in a prayer that you had taught me? And then I smiled to myself. Every guy in the outfit knew about me. Hadn't I taught the prayer to anybody to listen? By now and then, they even referred to me as St. Michael. Neither of us spoke for a time, and then he broke the silence. We're going to have some trouble up ahead. He must have been in fine physical shape, for he was breathing so lightly I couldn't see his breath. Mine poured out in great clouds. There was no smile on his face now. Trouble ahead, I thought to myself. Well, with the commies all around us, that's no great revelation. Snow began to fall in great thick globs. In a brief moment, the whole countryside was blotted out, and I was marching in a white fog of wet, sticky particles. My companion disappeared. Michael! I shouted in sudden alarm. I felt his hand on my arm. His voice was rich and strong. This will stop shortly. His prophecy proved to be correct. In a few minutes, the snow stopped as abruptly as it had begun. The sun was a hard, shining disk. I looked back for the rest of the patrol. There was no one in sight. We lost him in that heavy fall of snow. I looked ahead as we came over a little rise. Mom, my heart stopped. There were seven of them. Seven commies in their padded pants and jackets and their funny hats. Only there wasn't anything funny about them now. Seven rifles were aimed at us. Down, Michael! I screamed and hit the frozen earth. I heard those rifles fire almost as one. I heard the bullets. There was Michael, still standing. Mom, those guys couldn't have missed. Not at that range. I expected to see him literally blown to bits. But there he stood, 
making no effort to fire himself. He was paralyzed with fear. It happens sometimes, Mom. Even to the bravest. He was... He, he was like a bird. Fascinated by a snake. At least that's what I thought then. I jumped up to pull him down. And that's when I got mine. I felt a sudden flame in my chest. I often wondered what it felt like to be hit. Now... I know. I remember feeling strong arms about me. Arms that laid me ever so gently on a pillow of snow. I opened my eyes for one last look. I was dying. Maybe I was even dead. I remember thinking, well, this isn't so bad. Maybe I was looking into the sun. Maybe I was in shock, but it seemed I saw Michael standing erect again. Only this time his face was shining with a terrible splendor. As I say, maybe it was the sun in my eyes, but he seemed to change as I watched him. He grew bigger, his arms stretched out wide. Maybe it was the snow falling again, but there was a brightness around him, like the wings of an angel. In his hand was a sword, a sword that flashed with a million lights. Well, that's the last thing I remember till the rest of the fellows came up and found me. I don't know how much time had passed, but... Now and then I had a moment's respite from the pain and fever. I remember telling them of the enemy just ahead. Where's Michael? I asked. I saw them look at one another. Where's who? Asked one. Michael. Michael, that big Marine I was walking with just before the snow squall hit us. Kid, said the sergeant. You weren't walking with anyone. I had my eyes on you the whole time. You were getting too far out. I was just going to call you in when you disappeared in the snow. He looked at me, curiously. How'd you do it, kid? How'd I do what? I asked, half angry despite my wound. This Marine named Michael and I were just... Son, said the sergeant kindly. I picked this outfit myself, and there just ain't another Michael in it. You're the only Mike in it. He paused for a minute. Just how'd you do it, kid? We heard shots. There hasn't been a shot fired from your rifle. And there isn't a bit of lead in them seven bodies over the hill there. I didn't say anything. What could I say? I could only look, open-mouthed, with amazement. It was then the sergeant spoke again. Kid, he said gently, every one of those seven commies over the hill there was killed by a sword stroke. That's all I can tell you, Mom. As I say, it may have been the sun in my eyes, it may have been the cold or the pain, 
But that's what happened. Love, Michael. This extraordinary letter came into the hands of Navy Captain Father Walder Mulder. Father Mulder read this letter before 5,000 Marines at the San Diego Naval Base in 1951. The Navy chaplain talked to Michael, his mother, the members of the patrol, and the sergeant in charge of the patrol. Father Mulder will tell you it is true. It is last known that Michael lives in Indiana. We have had many, many requests for the prayer, Michael, Michael, of the morning, fresh court of heaven adorning, but we have not been able to get the words. If you have the words to this prayer, please send it to us. Maybe even Michael is listening and he could send the words or give us a call at one 800 444 Mary. You're listening to these last days radio broadcast in these last days before that glorious day when Jesus Christ returns. We came across a fantastic book titled The Life of Mary as Seen by the Mystics. This book is a masterpiece which combines into one story the visions of four great mystics. It begins with the lives of Mary's parents, St. Anne and St. Joachim. It tells of Mary's birth, her early childhood, her trials and hardships, and her prayer life. It gives details of the incarnation and birth of Jesus. It tells of her conversations with our Lord, the angels, St. Joseph, the apostles, and others. It tells of Jesus' great love for his mother and her sharing in the sufferings of his passion and much more. Every Christian must read this great spiritual treasure, The Life of Mary. It costs $17, which includes shipping and handling, and can be ordered from These Last Days, P.O. Box 40, Lowell, Michigan, 49331. You may use your MasterCard Visa or American Express and call our toll-free number one 800 444 Mary. In the past week, the holy hours before our Lord and the Most Blessed Sacrament grew by 104 for a grand total of 32,890 holy hours to be prayed in the next year before our Lord and the Most Blessed Sacrament. If you would like to pledge one or more hours each week before our Lord in the Most Blessed Sacrament for a year, write us at These Last Days, P.O. Box 40, Lowell, Michigan, 49331, and we'll include your holy hours in the total next week. I ask that you pray that Our Lady of the Roses will be the greatest apparition that has ever occurred in the history of the world. At your holy hours, I also ask that you will pray that we will have many generous supporters 
of Our Lady of the Roses prophecies on these last days radio program. Our Lady talked about a miraculous spring at Bayside, New York, and it will be called the Lourdes of America. On October 6, 1975, Our Lady said, quote, I bless you, my children, as the Eternal Father sent you his blessing and powers of cures and conversions for the propagation of the mission from heaven. There will be, my child, many cures. In time, they will be known to the world. Yes, my child, you shall return to the sacred ground soon. There will be a miraculous spring, my child." Unquote. On September 28, 1973, Our Lady said, quote, I extend and dispense many graces from the Father to all who will come seeking our comfort. There will be upon these lands curative waters, and I have directed that there will be built an edifice that will do honor to the Father. It will be a major instrument for the recovery of souls in this city, which now stands forth second to Sodom." Unquote. On February 1, 1974, Our Lady said, quote, The Father sends many graces upon you. He has chosen the center of atonement with great purpose. Many will be saved. Many miracles of cure and conversions will go forth from to the world, through the world, from these hallowed grounds. The cause of heaven will not be stopped. A well of curing will arise, and man will not stop the waters from flowing. Know well, man, that you cannot defy the Father, for it is in the will of the Father that this land be claimed for the salvation of souls." Unquote. On May 17, 1986, our Lady said, quote, Yes, my child, I am going about the world, appearing in various places, and I have reason for all. One day, my child, the waters will come up at Bayside, and I will appear over the old church building. Your bishop then cannot deny my appearances. Unquote. Let us all pray that this miraculous spring will erupt very soon at St. Robert Bellarmine Church at Bayside, New York. In the past, two times the great warning was postponed. A third postponement will not be given. On April 5, 1975, Our Lady said, quote, The merciful heart of the Eternal Father has given you two reprieves in the past, my children. The third reprieve shall not be given." Unquote. These Last Days Ministries is on the internet at www.tldm.org. We have the prophecies of Our Lady of the Roses, miraculous pictures, the directives, this radio program, and much more. Visit us at www.tldm.org. Tell your family and friends about it. If you would like to have a copy of this program with the story of the Marine named Michael, just write us here at These Last Days, P.O. Box 40, Lowell, Michigan, 49331. 
or you can call us during the week at 616-698-6448. And now we have the latest news from Veronica's former secretary and close personal friend, Mrs. Ann Ferguson. Hello, Mrs. Ferguson. Hello, Gary. It's a pleasure to speak to you and your listeners once again. Now I have here a videotape. My name is Carol Rose. I am from Trenton, New Jersey. A year ago, I, I was diagnosed with cancer. They tell me I had to have an operation. They took me up, put me in a holding room. Before they put me under, they found out that I was totally anemic and did not think they could do the operation. However, my gynecologist said, without it, I could possibly die. The anesthesiologist said he did not know whether or not they could go through with it because I was so anemic. They gave me a couple of pints of whole blood and they took me in and I did not know what the outcome was going to be. They operated on me and they took out a seven pound tumor, not counting the water weight. They told my husband that the next 14 hours would be crucial. Needless to say, the next day when my husband came back and they told me, the doctor said I had ovarian cancer. I would have to have chemotherapy for 18 months. I did not have to stay in the hospital for 14 days, as they said. I was home in three days. I went to the chemotherapy for six months. After the six months, they made me do a CAT scan. The CAT scan did not come out so good. And they told me I would have to have a, another operation. I had, uh, I, they did it all over again. They cut me open. I had two surgeons. They told, took all my intestines out and they checked everything. When I woke up, the nurses were screaming at me, telling me that I had been cured. When they opened me up, they found out that there was nothing there and it never looked like I had cancer in the, my life. During this whole time in bed, I used to put the rose petal taped over my stomach and my husband and I would pray. I had done this oh, the whole time during this whole terrible trauma that I went through. All I can say is you have to have faith. They told me I am totally cured now and I don't have to have no more chemotherapy. Just don't lose the faith. Have faith. Pray to Our Lady of the Roses. She'll always take care of you. And that's the end of that videotape. Now I have here another letter. There's a newspaper clipping here and it says, Trip to the beach ends in tragedy. One dead, one hurt. The car here is completely demolished. And the letter reads as follows. Mike, my son, is a living miracle to survive. I must tell you about the strange, uh, strange or miraculous way he healed. He was out of the hospital in eight days. First, when the police officer came to our house to tell us that our son Mike was involved in a very serious auto accident and that we should hurry down to the hospital right away. When the police officer left, I opened up my wallet, took out my rose petal, 
and pray to Our Lady of the Roses for help. After five hours of tests and emergency care, Mike was placed on a life support machine Sunday night with a mild concussion, cracked third vertebrae in the neck, cracked ribs, punctured lungs, bruised kidneys and liver, and many cuts and bruises. On Monday, Mike could not talk, but he was alert. He wrote words on a tablet. He was still on the critical list on the, in, on the intensive care. On Wednesday evening, after the other boy's funeral, we found Mike sitting in a chair and talking for the first time since the accident on Sunday afternoon. On Thursday afternoon, Mike was not wearing his neck brace because some doctors said he didn't have to wear it anymore. Two doctors said, we aren't sure what happened or if, or if the doctor in the hospital had made a mistake. So they took another CAT scan, additional x-rays, and could not find the cracked vertebrae in Mike's neck. Subsequently, the neck brace was removed and he had no problem with his neck. Is this a miracle? If not, it is a very strange happening. We also have a picture with the rose petal pasted on the bulletin board in the hospital. On Monday afternoon, eight days after the accident, Mike was well enough to go home from the hospital. Within four weeks, Mike went back to work. This is an honest, accurate account of the nightmare in our lives. This account can be used for whatever reason you wish. And then that is signed. Um, uh, Arthur Lucan, myself, and our ladies' workers, we wish you, Gary, your family, and workers, that Jesus and Mary will bestow an abundance of graces and blessings upon you all at Christmas and during the new year. That's all, Gary. May God bless you. Thank you, Mrs. Ferguson. In closing, I ask for your prayers and your financial support to help us continue Our Lady of the Roses messages on this station. If you have received a blessing from this program, please pray and ask Our Lady to inspire you as to the amount of the gift. Thank you in advance. All of us here at these Last Days Ministries wish each and every one of you a most blessed, holy, and happy new year. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week. Until then, may Jesus and Mary richly bless you and protect you and your loved ones in these last days before that glorious day when Jesus Christ comes from heaven with great power and majesty. You've been listening to These Last Days broadcast. We hope this program has been a blessing to you. We ask you to invite your family, friends, and relatives to join us next week at this time. We plead for your prayers that many will listen to this program and save their souls. Many miracles have occurred through Our Lady of the Roses medal and rose petals, blessed by Jesus and Mary at Bayside. You may obtain these without cost by writing... These Last Days, Lowell, Michigan, 49331. The written messages are available free 
upon request. Your financial support is urgently needed to ensure this broadcast continues to be heard on this station. It will greatly encourage us in our ministry to hear from you. Please mention the call letters of this station when you write. Again, our mailing address is These Last Days, Lowell, Michigan, 49331.